Welcome to Radio Drama Revival, the show dedicated to stories told through the medium of sound, showcasing the diversity and vitality of modern audio theater. Here your news, reviews, discussion, and of course, stories. I am your host, Fred. That great theme music is by Roger Gregg of Crazy Dog Audio Theater. With everything going on in the world, it is about time for our show today. It's called Jokes in Space, which is about as far away from earthquakes and terrorists and Democrats as you can possibly get. The show is put on by the incredibly awesome Great Northern Audio Theater, principally Jerry Stearns and Brian Price, with help from Chris Markman. The show is from the live Mark Time radio show held at Convergence in July 2009. As you may recall, that con is held in Minneapolis, Minnesota each year, and this past July is when I scored my first Ogle Award, and I actually got to play some small bit parts in the piece you're about to hear and uh, take a couple photos and put some stuff up on the Radio Drama Revival blog, and hey, I'll, I'll link to that on RadioDramaRevival.com as well if you want to dig that back up. And uh, yeah, Jokes in Space, it is a tragic, moving portrait of the human soul that finally answers the question, what did the orc get on his SATs? Hello? Hello? Is this thing? Great. Okay, yeah, great. All right. Uh, okay, I guess it's time we ought to get moving here. I'm Tim Retrofit, and I'm listed first in the program, so uh, I guess I'll try to get things started. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, come on in. Plenty of room. Come on in. Set anywhere you want, uh, right up front, whatever. Um, you know, why don't we, uh, oh, why doesn't everybody in the audience here pull our chairs into a semicircle? It'll make this a little more comfortable. So I think the topic topic for this panel is uh, jokes in space. I'm not quite sure how to get things rolling. Oh, oh, um, I, I got an idea. Uh, have you heard the one about? Uh, <clears throat> shouldn't we introduce ourselves first? I'll start. I'm Kara Penury, one of the original founders of the Wiccan Stand Up Humor Society, and I. The name's Gandalf. Is there any water? Perhaps it would be appropriate for me to uh, jump right in. I'm Dr. Simon Trundle, professor of encrypted humor at the Evil Genius Charter School for the Incorrect Arts. <laughs> I believe I'm uh, most likely the most qualified person on this panel. Can you slide that water pitcher this way? Uh, okay, so is, uh, is space funny? Is science fiction funny? Absolutely not. I can't imagine. Come in, friend. It's a frightful night. What say you? Thank you, sir. I have an urgent message for the king. Who here is the king? I am the king. No, I am the king. Uh, Nay, I am the king. I am the king. I be the king. Look upon me, I am the king. No, I am the king, baby. What is your message, child? There's a mob with torches in the town, and they seek an audience with the king. Oh, he's the king. He's the king. Dear kind sirs, I request for most urgent business relationship. First, I please solicit your most strictest confidence in this most confidentialized transaction to prosecute a pending bank transaction of great magnitude. 
Let us introduce myself, please. I am top procurement official of Federal Provisional Government of Callisto, fourth moon of the glorious planet Jupiter. I must export immediately a great wealth of funds which are nearly $22,444.44, which are presently frozen in Ganymede, third moon from the same Jupiter and our sworn enemy. Your assistance to enable us to transferable these grossly over-invoiced funds is thereafter urgent, as we must solicit a small, unintrusive party, such as like yourself, to receive these said twice-frozen funds, which source is presently encumbered in an untidy military regime here in our native Callisto, first and federal collapse savings and loan. Please forward your personal banking account transfer and wiring number and your personal corporate perfume stationery for which you will be richly and honest rewarded with a designated percentage to be anxiously agreed. This transaction is utterly complete, legitimate, and risk-free. I look forward to your most soonest confidential reply and consent. Signed yours, Major Umberto Umboto Kleinenfrugel. Whoa, do you think this is like on the up and up? Well, it says so. Came through on the internet. That's true. If it came on the net, man, it must be real. But I didn't know I knew anybody on Jupiter. Nonetheless, the guy's in trouble. He needs our help. Absolutely. It's the humanitarian thing to do, man. Plus, it's risk-free. I'm on it. <coughs> Hi, this is Jokes in Space, and thank you for coming. You want me to tell it, or you want to tell it? You going to tell it? I don't know. Why don't you tell it? I don't know. You're better at it. You tell it. I guess. I don't know. Yeah, sure. You, you can tell it if you want to tell it, though. No, that's okay. You tell it if you want. Okay, I'll tell it. Uh, how's it go? Two aliens walk into a bar. Oh, okay, okay. I got it. Hi, everybody. Uh, we want to tell everybody a joke, okay? Uh, two aliens. Oh, oh, I forgot it goes two aliens and a rabbi. Oh, okay, I got it. Uh, two aliens, a Wookiee, and a rabbi walk into a bar and... Lieutenant Anson, how far are we beyond Antares? About two parsecs, Captain. Well, bring her around 180 degrees, Helm. While we had a good time on Antares, we forgot to deliver that much-needed medicine for the plague break out there. Uh, let's go back. Aye, aye, Captain. 180 degrees about. Captain, the ship is starting to feel the strain of the panic turn. Mr. Paul, I didn't order an emergency reversal, of course. Just a gentle curve would be fine. Oh, sorry, Captain Hamilton. Make it so, Helm. Captain, we have a hull breach on deck six, sector R. Sensors detected a small comet when we made our emergency turn. Get damage control down there now, and it wasn't an emergency turn. Oh, right away, sir. Oh, Helm is reacting sluggishly. Engines are temporarily offline. We're drifting towards the asteroid field. Engage auxiliary power to sublight engines! It doesn't respond, sir. It looks like the comet severed the main power conduits when it breached the hull. It'll take some time to reroute it. Well, you're the engineer. Get it done now! Aye, aye, sir. Sir, we're picking up a ship heading this way. They're on the edge of sensor range, so we can't recognize it yet. But it's not sending a known identifier signal. Have they seen us? Can't tell, Captain. I don't think so. Lieutenant Del Rey, we can't maneuver behind a nearby asteroid without engines. Can we engage the cloak of invisibility? Uh, negatory, sir. I can get the deflector shields up at about 30% in a minute. I need 100% and I need it now! Hello? 
I'm here. Yeah, what do you want? Yeah, yeah, boss. Okay, what? Uh, uh, is he here? Who? Yeah. Oh, he's here. Yeah, boss. Boss here. Oh, no, I'm him. He's Hall. Him and Hall, that's us. We're here. What? Oh, yeah, Day Labor Thugs, LLC. That's them. They'll bill you, okay? So, what's up? It's on. Great. Where? Yeah, yeah, I know it. Okay, we'll bring it there. No, no, no. We're here now, but we'll bring it there. No, I didn't look inside. You told me not to. Yeah, yeah, okay. See ya, boss. Come on, Paul. The job's on. Where? We're supposed to go to the abandoned warehouse district on Green Dolphin Street and Third Degree Avenue. The abandoned warehouse district, you know it? I, I think so. Uh, yellow, maybe pinkish, next to an abandoned parking ramp? No, no, you're thinking of the old-time travel workers' union temple. This is the next block across from the abandoned baseball stadium. Well, which abandoned baseball stadium? The one where we saw Pretty Pace and the Creepers play once. No, 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 that was the time temple. Oh, yeah, that's a, that's a microbrewery now. All right, so, so where are we going? Green Dolphin Street and Third Degree Avenue. Third Degree Avenue, is it north or south? Jeez, oh, now I don't know. You got me confused. Hang on a second. Yeah, hello. Corners Bookstore, Jake speaking. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Do you have a copy of the Abandoned Warehouse and Secret Lair Guidebook? Uh, I have a used copy of the first edition. No, no, I need a second edition with a universal microbrewery index. Uh, nope, sorry. That one's been selling like hotcakes. Uh, you could try... No, 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 never mind. Come on, Hawk. Well, where are we going? Let's go in here and ask. I'm a man. I don't ask for directions. Soak it up. Hi, I'm Ronnie. I'm a Martian. Hi, Ronnie. Thanks, thanks, you guys. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, I've been here since, uh, on Earth since, golly, what, you know, July 1947. I took the picture, sent back the data. Uh, I was supposed to leave in January 48, and I, ju I just didn't get around to it. I hear you, Ronnie. Okay, okay. I I'm just going to come out and say it. There's no other way. I'm addicted to Earth. I still don't have a regular job, <laughs> but who needs one? Oh, it's just all so easy. The girls, the earth girls, oh, God bless them. <laughs> I love every one of them. And fast food, man, I could use a Whopper right about now. Hold on, Ronnie, hang in there. I know, I know, I, yeah, yeah. <sighs> I don't know how many times I started to build a spaceship to get the heck out of here. I, I got the resources. I got the money. I mean, we're all CEOs here, right? I trade in precious metals myself. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, you need some extra scratch, you run a scam. It's like shooting womp rats in a Klein bottle. These earthlings are the most gullible creatures I've ever seen in my life. They're great. Tell it, Ronnie. But I miss spring on Mars. The only place that really compares feels like home to me is in the tundra up in Siberia. It's cold, it's rocky, it's dusty, radioactive. Oh, feels wonderful. You gotta like an atmosphere without too much oxygen. You can make it out of here, Ronnie. You thanks. can do it. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Thanks. I, I mean to. I mean to quit Oith, to, to build that ship and get out of here. But then something always comes on TV, like CSI, <laughs> NCIS, so 
well, there's a Vikings game on. I mean, I, I'm not proud. I tell myself I'll just wait around one more year to see if they can win it all. Oh, something always gets in the way. Ronnie, I'm Brad. Uh, talk to me after the meeting. I'll fix you up. I'm working on a spaceship using only an iPhone, a Hyundai, and a Toyota. Oh, thanks, Brad. Thanks. See? <laughs> that is why I'm so glad to have this program. Oh, God. It gives you hope. This meeting of Earth Anonymous has saved my life many, many, many times. Without my sponsor and you guys, I'd have been a little pile of red crystals blowing across a freeway overpass years ago. Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, God, thank you. Boot and Reboot walk into a bar. Boot gets drunk and passes out. Who's left? Reboot. Boot and Reboot walk into a bar. Boot gets drunk and passes out. Who's left? Reboot. Boot and Reboot walk into a bar. Wait, wait a minute. What about the rabbi? Thank you, thank you. We're so glad you could join us here at the Literature Lounge. We're privileged to have as our guest on the Beanbag Chairs today, journalist, blogger, and author, Tobias Scully. He's on tour to promote his new book, so let's give him a warm welcome. <laughs> Mr. Scully, uh, here's the cover of your new book. Hey, Bobby, could we get a nice close-up? I want the people watching on their cell phones to be able to see. Uh -huh, that should do it. Mr. Scully, now, Tell us about your book. Sure, the International Abandoned Warehouse and Secret Lair Guidebook, second edition, is published by the Facade Group. It's pretty much what the title says. It's a city-by-city -city street guide to all the nasty places one might be taken, uh, hidden, or generally sequestered in cases of crime or other malfeasance. And it's the second edition, I see. Yes, the first edition sold beyond our expectations, and I got so much fan mail with additional information, corrections, questions, that we had to. We simply had to have an update. This edition includes new chapters on hidden laboratories, underground caves, both terrestrial and extraterrestrial, and neglected tunnels. And although they don't get used as much as they used to, there's even a brief index of blind alleys and vacant plots. Now, how did this book come about? Where, where did you get your inspiration? Ah, well, how many times have you seen or heard the villain want to meet up with the good guy, and he says, do you know the abandoned warehouse at Cordwainer and Smith? And the copper private eye says, behind the casino, sure, I know where the place is. I thought, how does he always know these places? So I started digging into it. Yes, I suppose if no one goes there, why is it familiar to every Tom, Harry, and Private Dick? Exactly. Well, what I found was that there is a large but obscure branch of real estate that deals in locations that are only listed surreptitiously in the back alley walls of the grimy underworld. Years ago, I used to drive by an abandoned RPG dice factory down by the river. It was on Wasteful Vista, just at the top of Exit 37. Is that listed in your book? It was in the first edition, not the second. It's a microbrewery now. Ah, I... <laughs> now, is this all available on the internet? Oddly enough, no. That's why this book is so necessary. It's all done with whispers, fog, and uh, edible notes. Ooh. Wow, look at this, man. I can't believe it. What's it say? Uh, let's see, uh, sir or madam, uh, 
The Plutonian Millions promotional team is proud to inform you of the Plutonian Millions online lottery big pick held last week resulted in your email address being randomly selected, which consequently won in the first category. You have thereupon been approved for a lump sum payout of 10 million Plutonians. <laughs> I didn't even know Pluto was still a planet, man. Hey, it is to me, always will be. Yeah, right on. And this goes to say, please forward your personal email and confidential bank routing numbers to receive the grand prize. Wow, this is great. Because if I'm going to be rich, then I can do all that charity work I've been wanting to do. That's beautiful, man. Oh, yeah. This portion of the program is brought to you by Skippy's, the science breakfast cereal. Each box comes with one piece of a young people's science kit, and you can use the box tops to send away for more tools, lab gear, chemicals, and occasional instructions on how to use this great scientific paraphernalia. I'm nearly a doctor, and I was consulted on the scientific apparatus comprising the kit found in Skiffy's, the science breakfast. Collect all the pieces, and you'll eventually be able to make a home volcano. Build radio-controlled flying saucers, robots, and observe things that go bump in the night. When you have the entire kit, you'll be able to do qualitative and quantitative analysis of the contents of the Skippy's box and find out exactly what it's made of. Certainly more than is clear from reading the box. It's fun. It's educational. Hey, Mom, if the school's covered in lava, does that mean we get the day off? So, Mom, get Skippy's for your precocious budding scientist and look out! Hey, get up! It's a frightful night. What say you? I have an urgent message for the master of the universe. Who here is the master of the universe? I am the master of the universe. No, I am the master of the universe. Nay, I am the master of the universe. I am the master of the universe. I be the master of the universe. Look upon me. I am the master of the universe. What is your message, boy? The master of the universe's space cruiser is double parked outside, and the high sheriff says that if you don't move it, it's going to get towed. <laughs> the master of the universe is leaving the building. Captain, damage control reports that the hull breach in Sector R was from a laser tag game gone horribly wrong. I repaired it with duct tape and a plastic cup, sir. It'll have to do for now. Uh, Captain, Dr. Leinster here. When we crashed on the asteroid, we had 16 crew injured and three dead. Injuries aren't serious, but I think we have another problem. What is it, Ben? Uh, Jim, I think there was a plague hidden in the dust on that asteroid. A disease far more deadly, far more dangerous than I've ever seen before. It's, it's running amok on the lower decks. Get it under control, Doctor! Captain? 
The pirate ship has been identified as the Arabella. Oh, she's definitely a Heinliner. She's landing out of sight on the other side of the asteroid. You can bet they'll be trying to board us, Captain. Signal security to prepare to repel boarders, Lieutenant. Aye, aye, sir. Now what? Sir, damage control reports that the asteroid is starting to break up. There is also a space anomaly forming a thousand kilometers off the starboard side. And the food replicators are stuck on auto-defrost. <gasps> Can I still get some Earl Grey hot? Oh, Joey, I'm so frightened. There's something I have to tell you. Don't worry, Ursula. We'll come out of all of this all right. I hope so, Joey. You see, I'm going to have your baby! What? I didn't know our species could crossbreed. Are you sure it's mine? Sir? Emergency message coming in from Federation Command. Put it on the speakers, Edson. Do not be alarmed. There is nothing wrong with your current credit account. This is your last opportunity to lower your credit rating interest rate. We've been trying to reach you. And now for something completely different. Hey, you can't say that. That's been done. It's copyrighted. You're treading awfully close to a lawsuit. Well, then, how about if we do this? Shopkeeper, I wish to register a complaint. Uh, I'll bet you say that to all the humans. I beg your pardon? Uh, sorry, it was a play on words. Fascinating. Don't you recognize me? Uh, do you carry Federation Express? My name is Spock. I was in your pet shop precisely 28.6 minutes ago, and I purchased this tribble about which I wish to lodge a complaint. Ah, ah, the Octelain Brew. Uh, what's wrong with it? What is your name, shopkeeper? James, sir. Why? Then let me explain the problem this way. It's dead, Jim. Oh, no, 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 it's not dead, it's just in stasis, I, I mean, look. Stasis, is it? Stasis, sir, is a technological condition requiring considerable energy input. My tricorder does not even register a life form reading. No, no, it's, it's stasis. Remarkable pet, the altar in blue. Beautiful pelt. Sir, I am a Starfleet science officer. I have seen rocks livelier than this triple. Oh, look, look, there, there it moved. No, it didn't. That was you pulling on the leash. No, I didn't. You did. Look, sir, there is no stasis apparatus. There is no gentle, annoying, purring sound. Spot to dribble. Come in, dribble. There is no response whatsoever. My empirical investigation shows also that it does not bounce the way dribbles usually bounce. See? <laughs> this is most definitely a dead triple. No, no, it, it's stunned. Stunned? Yes, you stunned him just then. That assertion is not supported by the facts. I am not even armed with a phaser weapon. Sir, when I bought this creature purely as a gift, you understand, you assured me that its lethargy was due to sluggishness after an unusually large lunch of Quattro Triticale. Well, you, uh, he's pining for the fjords. Pining? <laughs> For the fjords. 
What kind of talk is that? Well, there was a fellow in here just this morning, name of Slotybarkfest, and he said... That, that is entirely irrelevant, sir. I'm telling you that when I purchased this Tribble, it was deceased. Uh, that's odd. Uh, usually they're purchased pregnant. It is brain dead if it has one. It has disconnected. It has ceased to function. The life force has been released from its corporeal being. It will never squeal at a Klingon again. It has succumbed. I would mind meld with it, but there's no one home. Even the Scalosian water couldn't make this triple move any faster. This, sir, is the corpse of a triple. Well, uh, then have a dozen of mine. Oh, well, on second thought, I have just recalled the Tribble's one redeeming feature. They do not talk too much. This one will be sufficient. I didn't want to be a pet shop owner, you know. Oh, here it comes. I wanted to be a Danabian slime devil trainer. <laughs> this is Campbell Spinrad, Leonard Nimoy's agent. And I'd like to assure the audience, the board of directors of this science fiction convention, and the entire entertainment community at large, that Leonard had nothing to do with, nor did he participate in, the preceding sketch. Hey, get those annoying things away from me. Get! You want to tell this one? I don't know. Sure. Okay, go ahead. Okay. 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 How many orcs does it take to change a light bulb? I don't know. How many? None. They prefer the dark. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's a good one. How about this one? What did the organ on its SATs? I don't know. Drool. Oh! <laughs> okay, that's about enough of that. I can't believe that in these enlightened times, you people are making fun of orcs. It's shameful. It's disgraceful. And I think it's high time we had a little orc sensitivity training right here, right now. My name is Constance Heteromaine. I am acting chairperson of the Orc Sensitivity League. And well, let's get this mini workshop started. I'll be your facilitator for today. <sighs> First off, there's a couple of things to keep in mind. Number one, whether at the workplace, the mall, or the golf course at the foot of Mount Doom, orcs are entitled to their own feelings. Two, those feelings are a legitimate sign of a truly diverse and caring environment and should be treated with the utmost respect. So now, I'd like everyone in the audience to turn to the person next to them and visualize that they're an orc. Just pretend. Visualize, please. Now, carefully and respectfully, repeat after me. Hello, orc. Hello, orc. How are you today? How are you today? Would you care for some rancid meat? Would you care for some rancid meat? Oh, very good, very good. Thank you, that was nice. Now, I'd like to encourage you all to focus on your inner elf. Just see it, feel it, describe it in your mind. If you're a dwarf, please properly put away your battle axes at this time. Yes, um, a, a question? What if the orc is biting you? Oh, um, I'll repeat that question if I may. What if an orc is biting you? That's a legitimate question. It can happen. And what I'd like you to do is raise your hand, and a ranger will be around to see if he can help. Um, but please stay in your seat. Uh, you, there in front, please keep your hands to yourself. Yeah, thank you. Now, for this next part of the exercise, you'll want to pay very close attention to the orc's body language. So let's everyone please once again repeat after me. Hello, orc. Hello, orc. 
Lovely weather we're having. Lovely weather we're having. Would you like a hug? Would you like a hug? At this point, make strong and loving eye contact. Give the orc a hug, and then wash your hands. <laughs> that completes your orc sensitivity training for today. You've been a wonderful, caring, and respectful group. So please give yourselves a big round of applause. Thank you. Doctor, doctor. Oh, what is it, Erlen Meyer? Doctor Brett, it's finished. We are done compiling the fifth dimensional cross-referencing algorithm on Brogdignab's computer databases. Well, that didn't take as long as we predicted, did it? Brogdignab, are you ready? Please call me Brad. Okay, uh, Brad, how are you feeling? Are the databases available? Never felt better, Dr. Brett. I can see it all clearly now. Oh, this is excellent, Erlen Meyer. It's taken seven years, but now we have the fastest, most advanced computer in the world. With the hugest network of digital information ever collected, we should be able to do anything. Anything? Could, could we become masters of the universe? <laughs> really, Erlen Meyer? Would you want to do that? Yeah, well, maybe. No, no, I mean we can ask the big questions, get answers that nobody knows. Like, like the ultimate answer to life, the universe, and everything? Uh, we already know that, it's 42. No, I mean something so esoteric, so obscure, so meaningful. Like what? How about, uh, uh, in a test of speed, who would be faster, Superman or the Flash? Oh, come on, Doctor. That's been settled at sci-fi conventions every week for years. Yeah, I wouldn't say settled, but uh, how about what's better, Coke or Pepsi? Oh, for heaven's sake. Maybe we need to think about this over lunch. Yeah, I'd love to, but I can't today. I've got an appraiser coming over. We're putting our place on the market. Yeah, I understand it's a tough real estate market. Sorry, what's my next line? Error 404, error 404, page not found, page cannot be found. I don't have that page. I don't either. Oh, I found it, I found it. Welcome back, welcome back everyone. I'm Marla Marla, the youngest HGTV host ever, and you're watching Fix My Space the show where we can get your home in shape today so you can sell in the big market of tomorrow. Oh, and here they are, our couple of the day, Dr. Brett and Brenda Beanpiper. All ready? Uh, I guess. Oh, I'm more than ready. Great. So now we've got a budget, a bucket full of dreams, and a whole universe of possibilities. So before we get started on our exclusive tour of your present place, let's talk about the big picture. What kind of dream planet are you envisioning? Oh, where do we start? Uh, frankly, what I'm really hoping for is something a little bigger, a, a little more stylish. A place where we could, you know, entertain. Intimate with a lot of space. Oh, and a deck. Oh, wouldn't a deck be wonderful? What we're kind of looking for is a place in a nice little solar system. Good schools, good parks, no roid asteroids, no star mats. Hey, hey, what's that pixie doing in the bedroom? That's no pixie. That's Billy the Door from Dwarf Planet Fabrications. Say hello to Billy, everyone. Hi, Billy. Hi, Billy. Yeah, and hi, everybody. Uh, I'm a dwarf. Yeah, a dwarf. I'm, I'm not a pixie. Billy, great to see that you're on the case. Let's get right to it. Looks like you've already taken a look around. What's the skinny? Yeah, well, uh, this is like a pretty fair starter planet. Uh, 
Maybe you could make it into a duplex or rent the thing out for a little extra income. Uh, you, you wouldn't want to live here, but it has investment potential, yeah? And, and uh, like a lot of these planets built around four or 4.5 billion years ago or so, yeah, it's gonna need some work, you know, a little TLC before you can get it on the market. Absolutely. Yep, yeah, yeah, first, uh, there's the regular maintenance items you always got to do. You got to flush your oceans. You got to deglaze your glaciers. You got to reset the evolutionary button. Oh, absolutely, Billy. Otherwise, you might have to do it by hand. Yeah, and it, it, you know, it's only got one satellite. It's really hard to move a planet in this competitive marketplace with only one satellite. Brenda, what's this place called? Does it have a name? Uh, Earth. How quaint. Any intelligent life? No, uh, absolutely not. No. We checked. We sprayed. Uh, I, I didn't find any end of the couch. What about the neighborhood? What do we know, Billy? Well, the archipelagos and the bars aren't bad. Uh, there's convenient shopping, uh, but some of the neighbors are gaseous. Uh, you don't want gaseous. Oh, Jupiter, they're awful. We asked them to do something about it. We even called the authorities. You know, if you think about it, this planet smells a lot like Pluto. Actually, Pluto's not a planet. It's a... Is to me, always will be. So, Marla, Marla, I can hardly wait. How much do you think we're dealing with here? How much is your planet worth? That's always the question. Billy, have you done the math? Yeah, I have it right here. This time, what say you? We have a message for the Sovereign of the Infinite Realm. Who here is the Sovereign of the Infinite Realm? Ich bin der Sovereign des Infinite Realms. Actually, it is I who are the Sovereign of the Infinite Realm. That's not true. I am the Sovereign of the Infinite Realm. What's your message? It's more like a proclamation. Well, so be it. What is your proclamation? Okay, here it goes. Ready? Ready. Why did the orc fall off the Tower of Isengard? I don't know. Why? He was dead. Why did the second orc fall off the Tower of Isengard? I don't know. Why? He was stapled to the first orc. <laughs> why did the third orc fall off the Tower of Isengard? I don't know. Why? Peer pressure. <laughs> Captain, there's been a short in the holographic training suite. Some holographic constructs have been loose to stalk the corridors. Huh? Get security on it. Any hollow breaches? Yes, sir. Reports have indicated a hollow Sherlock Holmes, a Minotaur, a guy in a hockey mask, Miss Elizabeth Bennet, and a hollow rabbi are all wandering decks three, four, and seven. Again? Round them up. Aye, aye, sir. Fifty bucks? You're nuts! Oh, you've got to be kidding. Our home has got to be worth more than that. Yeah, well, that's if you can find a buyer and you remove Texas to maximize the curb appeal. <laughs> Captain, security here. We repelled the pirates by taking the quarantine signs out of the plague medicine crates and putting them at hull breach points where the pirates would try to break in. Good thinking, Ensign. <laughs> 
we were assisted by the fact that the asteroid started breaking up, shattering the pirate's command module. But now one of the asteroid shards is heading right for Earth, sir. <gasps> Navigator Herbert, how long before that big rock hits the Earth? About 80 minutes, 20 seconds, sir. The captain asked me that question, Ensign. Oh, but you're only nine years old. So what? I graduated top of my class at the academy. Besides, I outrank you. So shut up, duty head. Impact with Earth in 83 minutes, 12 seconds, sir. If only we were headed towards something useless like the planet Pluto. Pluto isn't a planet. It is to us old-timers, my young commander. Besides, if Pluto wasn't there, we'd have to invent it. Dear sirs, we wish to notify you that the late engineer, Joken Kruger, made you a beneficiary to his will in the sum of $30,100,000. This may sound strange and unbelievable to you, but it is real and true. Being a widely traveled man, he must have been in contact with you in the past, or simply you were nominated to him by one of his generous friends who wished to do you good. Engineer Joken Kruger, until his death, was a member of the Helicopter Society and the Institute of Electronic Engineers. Please send us your personal banking data and codes soonest. Whoa, the internet is the most wonderfulest cornucopia ever. Now we can buy that abandoned warehouse district we've always wanted. And look, here's one listed in the want ads. Yeah, but it comes with a planet. That shouldn't be a problem as long as they sprayed for intelligent life. Oh, uh, so um, I think this panel is giving you a pretty good overview of what, you know, what... What humor in space would appear like in the far distant future? Oh, yeah, of course. But by the time we reach the far distant future, we'll most likely be speaking a different language or set of languages, probably not even connected to our shared Indo-Esperanto roots. <laughs> I mean, in other words, what we consider a pun now might not be punny later. Mm, bad news if you have trouble with punchlines. Has anybody seen my shoes? I took them off. I, now I can't find them. Yeah, okay. Uh, if you want to hear more of this discussion, you can come to our panel tomorrow. Uh, dragons and the medieval use of whoopee cushions. It, it'll be here in the same room. You probably want to come early. We expect a crowd. Uh, thanks a lot. <laughs> You've been listening to Jokes in Space, the Mark Time Radio Show at Convergence 2009. Jokes in Space was written by Jerry Stearns, Brian Price, and Eleanor Price. The cast included Wendy Bowlesby, Charlie Meitzner, Michael Fishbane, Eleanor Price, Megan Peterson, Jenny Warwick, Fred Greenhalge, and I'm Tim Wick. Live sound effects by Brian Wesley, Music by Eleanor Price, engineering by Jerry Stearns and Chris Markman, directed by Brian Price, produced by Jerry Stearns. Our thanks to Mark Time, star detective of the Circumsolar Federation, to Misfits for sponsoring the Mark Time Awards, to Convergence for hosting the awards and radio show, and thanks to you for coming out to hear the show. Previous Mark Time radio shows are available for download from audible.com, spokennetwork.com, echofiction.com, and zbs.org. CDs available from the producers. The Mark Time radio show is a great Northern Audio Theater production, and now stay tuned to your seats.
because the Convergence 2009 opening ceremonies will be right here next. All right, and, and that was Jokes in Space from Great Northern Audio Theater, greatnorthernaudio.com. And I should mention, they were one of the first guests on our show back when we started three years ago. Yes, um, if you stuck around to listen this long, you are probably a loyal listener to the show. And if for whatever reason you haven't made it to the website this week, go to radiodramarevival.com. Uh, we spent this whole past week reminiscing on three years in audio drama production. We featured some of my personal favorite shows and interviews and experiences during the life of this podcast. And whew, we just keep on trucking along. Um, next week, it'll be Specimen, a beautifully dark piece by the aptly titled Darker Projects, a podcast that many people have encouraged me to put on before. Can't tell you why it's taken me so long to feature their work, but I do really enjoy them. Um, this is from the Dark Matter series, which um, is is a series of short, uh, thirty minute or so audio plays, original um, dark science fiction. I think you will enjoy Specimen next week. For that, um, of course, do check out the blog and podcast again, radiodramarevival.com, to keep yourself entertained. In the meantime, you can also always find the show on iTunes. Search for Radio Drama Revival. That wraps it up for this week. However, Radio Drama Revival is produced by yours truly, Fred Greenhalge. Copyright of individual shows remains to their original producers. But do please share this podcast as far and widely as you'd like. Radio Drama Revival originates in on-air radio at WMPG-FM, Greater Portland, Maine's Community Radio. This podcast at radiodramarevival.com as a labor of love. Till next time, keep your mind and your ears open. Thanks for tuning in and have a great week. Mm-hmm.